Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Charpy Podcast, Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, my name is Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. New year and uh, we're back. Uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, it's been a few weeks. Hopefully people had a, a nice uh, relaxing holiday season and happy new year to everybody listening out there because this will be the first uh, edition of the 2018 season. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty eventful, eventful time on the charts. I know last time we talked about Mariah Carey hitting the top 10 for the first time with her uh, Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, luckily, in the past couple of weeks, hope, you know, I guess I was all kind of nervous that something major in chart world is going to drop. We had a pretty, pretty quiet ride. Ed Sheeran took us through the holidays. Um, a lot of, a lot of action coming at you at the top of the year. Just kind of like we had Ed Sheeran last year, start off with a bang and end all the way at number one. Seems like uh, he's maybe inspired some, some uh, other big superstars to get a head start on the year. All right, we'll get into a couple different things here on the podcast. We'll look at uh, the showdown that actually could be looming on next week's uh, Billboard Hot 100. Uh, a couple new songs that are out: Justin Timberlake's new single "Filthy." And uh, Bruno Mars and Cardi B's uh, new remix version of his song originally, uh, Finesse, both it could make big splashes next week on the Hot 100. So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll give our thoughts. And uh, we're going to go to Houston, uh, your hometown, Trevor, going back to Terry Thomas and DJ Riddler from KROI Houston. Uh, they're playing both songs. Uh, going to get their reaction on what they think, what listeners uh, think so far of what could be two of the biggest uh, new hits of uh, 2018. And uh, because it's 2018, a special flashback after that, 18, number 18 peaking, Hot 100 hits for 2018. It's a lot of 18s coming at you. Um, but before we get into all of that coming up, uh, we'll start things off as we usually do. Give people a little nice reminder, settle in, focusing on the top 10 this week. And here is the Billboard Hot 100 from 10 to 1 coming at you right now. 10, 9, 8, 7. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Bitch, number ten. Come to me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the school, I can get them both. I don't want to choose, and I'm 
My bitch love do cocaine, ooh. I fuck a bitch, I forgot yeah, name, yeah. I can't buy no bin away the rain. Number eight. Shot it bad, pop a like a court, pop it. You a dork, never been a sport, dork. Pull up, jumping out the court. Number seven. Number six. Got a girl with California eyes, and I thought that she could really be the one this time. But I never got the chance to make a mind because she fell in love with little thin white lines. London girl with an attitude, but never then I guess Number money. five. Yeah. Fucking then I get some money. Yeah. Fucking then I get some money. Yeah. Fucking then I get some money. Tongue, I need face, give me brain, concentrate. I perform product case. Number four. Number three. Number two. And number one. With you between my arms, barefoot on the grass, while listening to our favorite song. When I saw you in that dress. And a familiar tune to bring us out of the countdown at Sharon and Beyonce's perfect number one for what is now one, two, three, four, five weeks in a row so holding strong this week uh continues its momentum by moving up to number one on the radio songs chart so um but you know there's still some some growth some room to grow for perfect it seems like a you know pretty great radio ballad for this time of year while it's you know things are a little little calmer a little little sleepier ballads pretty much tend to do uh really well in the winter months as, as things get a little low-key so Perfect, definitely riding that momentum. But as you mentioned, um, there's a lot, you know, bubbling up on the surface. Um, I guess we can start right really with number two, which I think people will be a little surprised to hear. Right. Right there, number two. Behind it, you heard it's Havana, Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. The song had been number two for five weeks, a, a couple months ago at this point, uh, when Post Malone's Rockstar was number one. And when it didn't get to number one and had been number two for those five weeks and started to settle back, I think people thought... You know that's that's gonna be the end of that, but it seems like 2018 put a little little sprig into the song. Yeah, it's kind of a nice uh, a little bit of intrigue as we start uh, the new year. So uh, to kind of look at it uh, a different way, Perfect is down uh, 12% in Hot 100 points this week. Havana is down only 2%. So actually, the gap isn't incredibly far between the two songs. If they were to make those same kind of moves next week, Havana could challenge for number one. So kind of surprising after all this time that it still actually could wind up being a number one hit. We actually saw that uh, last year, uh, Starboy got to number one after it looked like maybe it wasn't going to get there by the weekend. It had peaked at radio, but it just hung on long enough. Other things moved around it and it was able to, to sneak in for a week at number one. And the album is coming out uh, tomorrow, Friday as uh, we're taping this on uh, Tuesday, but uh, it's posting on Thursday. So tomorrow, the 12th, uh, the album uh, Camila comes out 
maybe uh, if not next week on the Hot 100, the week after, or the full week of tracking for the album and its songs, maybe that gives it a buzz. Uh, if Perfect uh, keeps coming down and nothing else moves up, it it's within the realm of possibility. Camila Havana could still be a number one hit. And uh, I know the Camilizers are going to be really excited for that. But of course, um, I mean, if, you know, if Havana theoretically turns over its shoulder, it's going to see two songs. All right, first, let's talk about the first song of the two that came out, uh, Bruno Mars and Cardi B, on a remix of his song Finesse from the 24 Karat Magic album that came out uh, last Thursday, so a week ago today, on the 4th. That's it. The song had one day of sales and streams for the week, which actually threw it on the Hot 100 this week, debuting at number 35, uh, the highest debut of the week. Next week, when it has its full seven days uh, to grow, Definitely looks like it's going to make a huge jump up the Hot 100. Could it be enough to be number one? We're not quite sure yet. Um, been selling really well. Been been number one on iTunes since it came out. So definitely the sales will be a huge help there. How's the radio looking on that song? Yeah, radio's good. It, it debuted uh, on the Pop Songs chart this week. It debuted uh, just from its first few days of airplay uh, on the Radio Songs chart. So, uh, you know, it, it's the song's been out. It's been on the album uh, 24 Karat Magic for more than a year, but it, it, you know, it's basically a brand new song now i think also another reason kind of in that same vein why finesse has been such a hot hit is people love the video right the video is i mean it's you know pays homage to a lot of those early 90s kind of shows in living color um a lot of those kind of sitcoms i mean a little bit of tlc ain't too proud to beg vibe say, from just, cardi yeah, b yeah the way she looks it, she, she totally looks like she's out of one of those tlc videos yeah so i think people you know they've gotten down with that i mean and, and i know it's kind of interesting that that both the video and the song, I mean, I saw my Twitter timeline that night. Like, I saw so much hype and so many positive takes from from everybody about it that I was really excited for. And I'm really excited to see, you know, going forward where this is. And uh, just uh, business-wise, uh, label-wise, this is how you can keep a song that's uh, more than a year old fresh at this point. Uh, everyone uh, who knew it from the album for a year, uh, it's basically a brand new song now. So you, you get someone like Cardi B on there makes it a totally new song and i think it's kind of interesting too because when the album came out we were talking about a year ago people really didn't know who cardi b was at the time and now by the time bruno was four singles deep into this album in some ways is she a hotter star at the moment than he is is it that she's uh, getting help by being on a bruno song or or is he really benefiting because of her buzz at the moment maybe a little bit of both they're obviously both huge stars well, I, I think, I mean, for Bruno also, one other kind of business concern, I think, is as they uh, keep their eye on the prize, that Grammy Awards are coming up at the end of the month. Bruno's up for some of the big prizes, including Album of the Year. Um, so maybe, you know, trying to get, just trying to, the timing helps definitely get, get him back in voters' minds as they kind of cast the final ballots. But to the point about Cardi B, you're right. I mean, certainly if you knew Cardi B, you didn't really know her as a music star the way she is now. But when you look, I mean, even just... In the past, you know, six months since Cardi B came out, we we had Bodak Yellow for a while. That was kind of the only song we knew from Cardi B. And you look in the past month, 
and everything. You know, I mean, motorsport has been you know, a huge hit. Top ten on Hot 100. We see her on Jeezy's uh, No Limit. We see her doing the song with Ozuna. We see her with her own new single, Barty A. Cardi. We right. see her now on this Bruno Mars remix. I mean, there is a lot of Cardi B out there. If you're a Cardi B fan, this is this is the moment for you. Yeah, I don't want the hooligans to come after me. I'm not saying one's bigger than the other. I just mean that at, at the moment, there's just so much Cardi B that it's sort of, that he can sort of jump on uh, all the buzz that she's getting at the moment. We, we just heard she has three songs in the top 10 again this week. Uh, those are her first three Hot 100 hits uh, in the top 10 all at once. And uh, as we reported last week, only the Beatles and Ashanti had ever done that before Cardi B, first three Hot 100 hits in the top 10 together. So she's really having a historic run at the moment. It's just, it's kind of perfect timing for both her and Bruno, and they're both on Atlantic Records, so total win-win for everybody. And most importantly, I mean, as, as you know, much as fun as it is to kind of dive through everything and wonder why this is working, why that's working, I mean, at its core, it's a good song. Right. I mean, it's just a really good song, and it's just good to see uh, good songs doing good things. So while Bruno is uh, remixing an album from a year ago, making that fresh once again, we've also got a fresh start, it feels like, from another huge megastar, Justin Timberlake is back. Uh, the Man of the Woods album coming out in February. We, he- we heard the lead single, Filthy, which came out uh, one day after Finesse. Filthy, by virtue of coming out on Friday, will have its first seven days of sales and streams all together for one tracking week. Looks like it's on track for a strong debut as well. He actually debuted at number one the last time he came out with a single, Can't Stop the Feeling, right. back in May 2016. So uh, Justin knows what it's like to come in at the top, and we'll see if Filthy can keep up that streak. So I think what's interesting about uh, Justin Timberlake coming back is, in some ways, I think pop radio, maybe uh, pure pop fans, got a little uh, spoiled with Can't Stop the Feeling. It's maybe his most obvious pop hit ever. Just total, it's a hook fest. First episode back, I'm going to use the word hook fest. Uh, Total easy, number one, just perfect for pop, AC radio. So catchy. This song is not a one-listen record. This takes some more listens to really figure out what's going on sonically. Uh, some radio programmers we've already talked to said, you know, we, we kind of had the same reaction when Sexy Back came out in 2006. And I remember same thing, thinking, what is this? I've never heard anything that sounds like this. I, I kind of have the same reaction uh, to Filthy so far, and I haven't heard it enough to fully get whether it could make that kind of impact like Sexy Back could. This is... This kind of challenging listen at first. Yeah, it's it's definitely not quite the yeah obvious on its face pop hit that the soundtrack was, and I think obviously lending towards the album coming out in a month and the Super Bowl performance. You know what? Where is Justin Timberlake going? He had shown pictures on Instagram that he was riding with Little Big Town, so some people are thinking it's supposed to be more Tennessee influenced. Right. I mean, the album cover is kind of split, so right. you wonder it's if it's kind of pop Justin meets you know soul. It's got the word. It's got the word woods. Yeah, the woods. Yeah. There's probably a duet with Chris Stapleton on there. There's there's we know on the track list that one song features CS as the initials. We saw him and Chris Stapleton perform, of course, back at the CMAs a couple of years ago to a huge reception. So. That you know could be could be influencing as well, um, but one point about Justin Timberlake that I'm exci- interested to see is 
I think he'll also be a big bellwether in this question that we've had a lot, especially in 2017, about what is the state of pop and are pop stars really the top of the heap like they used to be. We saw a lot of people in 20, late 2016, 2017 kind of stumble, not quite have this the same ground that they did for their past projects maybe in 2012, 13, 14. Um, I mean, even in a sense, you know, the biggest one yet, Taylor Swift, her album debuted at number one, sold, you know, did well over a million copies, but it seems like some of the the hype, momentum around some of those later singles is not, it's settled down a little bit. I know people were excited about Endgame and uh, some of those, and re, you know, Ready For It, not quite up to the standards that we saw in 1989 and even some of the singles from Red. So I wonder, you know, I mean, I think Timberlake will be a big, a big test for that. Yeah, I, is, I, I, is, uh, right. I, I, I think last year we, we kind of said it was a year of the unexpected hit. It wasn't, uh, we didn't get a whole bunch of Katy Perry big hits like we might have expected a few years earlier we got stuff like uh, despacito and things that were just totally out of left field so this yeah absolutely could be a, a test of whether uh, is this going to be uh the big name who we'd expect to have a big hit uh, come back or is it just going to be too weird for some fans and maybe something even even like a uh, the ozuna cardi b song that you might not have expected but that's that's got a really catchy hook if you haven't heard it and cardi's singing not right? even really rapping yeah Actually, here, here's a little hook of it. La Modelo right. by Cardi B. After Despacito, maybe maybe that becomes a hit. It's kind of hard to tell. Even Havana at first might have sounded like uh, that's not mainstream enough. And then that's, as we said, uh, number two, maybe on its way to number one. We'll find out. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess not to, not to put too much weight into this. We'll see where it shakes out at the end of the week. But a little bit of an omen. Filthy. Been blocked at number one on iTunes since it came out by finesse so it has not hit the number one spot on itunes right also on spotify you know f- uh finesse up there in the top two with rockstar by post malone filthy has not even hit the top five so i mean a little bit of an omen there that maybe it won't be you know the splash number one debut super bowl performance of course could revive a lot of things but it seems like in the moment definitely the cardi b bruno we'll, uh, we'll ask our guests what they think uh, long term which song could be a uh, bigger between the two i'm ready to make my pick I'm okay. going to absolutely call it 100% which one's going to be a bigger hit. Okay, now, okay, okay bigger hit. So so a, a bigger chart hit. Not n- n- taking away the cultural, taking away no, the critical. Take... Every, everything. Oh, okay. okay. It's really easy. Well, okay, we'll say it on three. One, two, three. Finesse. I was going to say the one that starts with F-I. Oh, pity laugh from my Deirdre God. Producing I over there. hate Gary Finesse, so huh? much. Uh, seriously i would have said i think finesse long term probably is the one that feels like it's more more fitting for radio and might just be easier for pop audiences or maybe it is a sexy back type thing and the more we hear it the more it does totally change uh what we thought of as pop music and and really break some new ground so what we're gonna do we're gonna realize at this point that gary called not calling it (laughs) he I'm, i'm gonna go with finesse if i have to All right, tune in next week, and we'll see where the game begins. The first week out, who is going to score higher first? All right, let's uh, find out from people who uh, 
probably know what they're talking about more than we do. Uh, people who are on the front line with what listeners uh, are requesting and and, uh, and and truly are saying what they like. Uh, going to Houston, your hometown, uh, Trevor, KROI, Top 40 Station, uh, Terry Thomas, Operations Manager, Program Director, and DJ Riddler, Music Director, back on the podcast. Thanks for coming back on, guys. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, we actually had you on last year uh, as the recovery was going on from uh, from the devastating hurricane in Houston. And, and Trevor, I know you were back uh, in Houston over the, the holidays. Let me ask all you guys, everything, is is there some kind of a normal going on in Houston? Are things back to, not back to normal, but in, in, in a better place than they were? Are things moving forward? Well, I think there's always forward movement, but, um, you know, there was a lot of devastation here. So it's really going to take some time for things to get back to 100%. But I, I believe the Houstonians have a can-do mindset and move-it-forward attitude. So, um, you know, with the areas that were hard hit, it's, you know, it's going to be a process. For example, our slogan here at our stations in Houston is Rebuild Houston One Family at a Time. That's our mantra for 2018, and that's really a year-long campaign to stay in the community and to help people, um, you know, get back on their feet. I think when you have devastation on the level that we had it here in the city, you know, it tends to overtax all the resources. So, you know, that's what takes, it takes a longer time for people, you know, to be able to get back on their feet. And in a lot of cases, people lost everything. So you're having to start back from zero. And so, you know, we're committed to staying out there with boots on the ground and, and helping, you know, put helping hands out there and resources to, you know, help areas and make sure that there's no one or no particular area that gets overlooked. All right, now let's talk about uh, uh, music, <laughs> stuff that doesn't matter. But uh, we wanted to, to ask you about uh, these two uh, new songs that have come out uh, beginning of the year. It's, it's always kind of exciting to have new music. Uh, people come back from the holidays. And uh, KROI, you guys added uh, both of these songs, a pretty good rotation. Uh, Filthy at 40 plays uh, in the week ending January 7th, Finesse at 36. So they're both off to pretty prominent starts. Let's let's uh, sort of uh, keep pitting them against each other. What do you guys think of both uh, so far and what are listeners saying about both so far? Well, you know, with with Justin Timberlake, it's it's an event when he comes out with new music. Yeah, and historically that's what he's done and I know a lot of people uh it's been polarizing on the on social media, but I you know, you could see from the reaction, at least from first week Shazam, I mean, it's out Shazamming even Bruno Mars finesse right now. So um, it, it's definitely getting a lot of attention in Houston. And I think, you know, regarding, you know, uh, Bruno and Cardi B, you know, I love Bruno, huge fan. Uh, one of the best concerts I saw all of last year was Bruno's tour. But with that being said, Cardi B is hot. She is smoking hot right now. She is. She has the Midas touch. So it was a smart combination. Uh, the remix, the beat, the vibe of the song, smart, because that's, you know, that's a huge album. You know, people really, really consume the album. So to come in to yet another single on the album that's hugely popular, you have to find a way to sort of make it fresh and new. And, you know, with finesse and and when they said finesse, first we were thinking, oh, it's some new track. And then we're like, wait a minute, this is on the album. <laughs> so for them to have, um, you know, the forethought to go ahead and put a fresh spin on the song and to give it, you know, a new dress for the Bruno fans and then also, you know, for the Cardi fans, you know, to really give um, a different sound 
for Cardi for her fans. I think that just really helps expand her fan base, and I think it's kind of the meshing of both scenarios. You know, it's Bruno fans um, getting a little closer to Cardi, and Cardi's fans certainly getting closer to Bruno, and I think it's really just a match made in heaven. I think it's just a, a really fun project. And the fact that it has the New Jack Swing vibe to it, it makes it readily familiar. And so we all know that people love things that are familiar, so there's a familiarity about it and a freshness, and I think that's going to be the appeal of that song long-term. I think the Finesse remix is going to have long-term legs. And the video itself, paying homage to In Living Color uh, and basically melding you know, several generations together, I think that also is definitely helping. Uh, and I, would, I definitely agree with what Terry says. I think long-term-wise, this record gonna, is going to last a, a little longer. Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes time to, you know, uh, parties and events, I think, you know, millennials really love 90s music. The whole 90s movement is being embraced by a young generation and still beloved by the generation that was actually there, you know, during that particular time. So I think it's the culture, you know, it's bridging the age gap, and I think it's providing something for everyone to get involved with. And so, you know, while grown folks are going back in their closet pulling out their old 90s wear, you know, you got the young kids going out to the vintage shops looking for the 90s wear. So, you know, I think it's just a resurgence and an appreciation of the 90s culture and that culture from that that time period and um i think you know the old adage what's old gets to be new again i think is somewhat the case and so that song is just really fun the spirit of it's fun and it's something that really you know at a house party you put that song on and everybody's going to relate to it on some level so i think that's a song that really is for everyone whereas you know justin he's taking some creative liberties you know, with this particular project, this song has a little bit of a different vibe, the futuristic Steve Jobs kind of homage video um, with a little bit of, you know, iRobot sort of vibe in there. Um, you know, it's futuristic, it's artistic, it's a little cerebral. So, um, you know, it's just a different type of project. But, you know, Justin is getting a little bit older and he's wanting to stretch out and try different things. So, you know, it's interesting to see his progression and how the fans will embrace it. And I think that the Super Bowl appearance is going to be paramount to where this particular single goes, how that Super Bowl performance goes, how that uh, performance is embraced by fans, the how Justin is able to capture the audience, I think, could either be the cherry on top of what's about to happen or it could be something that may damper, damper it. So I think for me, there's a lot riding on the Super Bowl performance. So it sounds like uh, Trevor and I both thought that Finesse probably is the song that's going to have a little more Long-term legs, it sounds like uh, okay. we're complete, There was no complete, probably yeah, for we're, me. We're, all but... we're complete agreement. All four of us are saying Finesse is, is, is the bigger long-term hit. I think so. I think uh, Filthy is a nice introduction into the, into, you know, the project. Um, we'll see what happens with the upcoming, you know, uh, Grammys, for, you know, what happens, anything there, you know, with that in terms of, you know, performance-wise or whatever. I think the Super Bowl is paramount. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of feeling like there's going to be something else to come right behind it that's really going to give the real direction of where this project is going. I mean, just like how Taylor Taylor Swift did when she came out with Look What You Made Me Do, people were like, whoa, this is way different from what we're used to hearing from Taylor. I think the same thing is happening with Justin. But when the Man of the Woods album does come out, I think you will see some some traditional Justin Timberlake songs, as well as with some new experimental music as well, because he is an artiste. Yeah, the Justin thing is, will be interesting, because I think a lot of people 
based on the cover art and based on, on the track list. It seems like there's probably a, a collaboration with Chris Stapleton going on. He's kind of mentioned that this will be a, a Tennessee-influenced album, um, which, you know, based on his Memphis soul connection, the sort of the Nashville country um, scene that he's dipped into. But it's kind of strange that even even with the pop and the country, um, it's still it's still kind of kind of circle around Oddly enough, a lot of the R&B and maybe maybe even sort of rap adjacent songs that you would think, you know, would be would be the standout hits of this moment. He maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe trying something more in the Sam Hunt lane that might work out. But uh, it, f- it feels like it's funny how, you know, last time he had such an R&B album during a time when pop was really big. And now he might have a really big pop album at a time when, you know, R&B and rap is really big. I love that you mentioned Chris Stapleton. I, I think that, um, you know, there's just a lot of interesting phenomenons going on with music in general, and I can give you a total curveball example. So um, one of our brands here in Houston is KMJQ, and it's an adult urban station. And I have Chris Stapleton about to be in heavy rotation on Magic 102.1. You're probably like, how the hell is a country song in heavy rotation on an adult urban station? Well, And, and, and knowing you know, Magic 102, yeah, that's... I'm Marty, like, what? That's odd, right? But uh, if you, uh, for whatever the reason, Tennessee whiskey has caught fire in the marketplace. And even though it's a couple years old, it has caught fire for the adult urban crowd. And, you know, part of the musical culture here is that bluesy sound, that Southern soul, Zotico, that sort of vibe. And that's part of the culture of Houston. And so... Um, one of my mixers, Walter D, came in. He said, I bet you if you play this song, it's going to be a huge hit. And he started to play it out of his laptop. And I was like, I love that song, you know, because I'm a music lover. So I love the song. And I never thought about it immediately in the context of magic. But once he said it, I could hear it. And I said, well, what the hell? I said, let's put it on. And we did. And it's been on fire. And if you were to look at Shazam to see if a song is going to have some sort of interest in buzz, magic, the airplay on magic is giving new life to that song. So back to Justin and the Chris Stapleton, that's smart to me. I mean, to me, it's, you know, people, because of streaming, because of access to music, you know, people no longer are, I only listen to this. It's they like what they like, they want what they want when they want it. And I think that provides opportunities for artists to do collaborations that may introduce each other to to different audiences. I mean, even in country music, there's some country songs out there now that are making hip-hop references. They're referencing hip-hop artists and hip-hop songs in country songs that are popular and getting played on country stations. So I think there's a greater awareness than ever before of other ponds of music that are out there and available. And people like to go on vacation and sometimes... Sometimes you want to dip in somebody else's pond, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think as long as you know you bring your A game and uh, you make smart choices and good collaborations, I think there's something to be gained on both sides. Well, and, and to that point, I want to kind of mention something that you brought up a little bit earlier about Cardi B being hot, hot, hot. And I'm, I'm curious because you know for a long time a lot of people were talking about you know Bodak Yellow was the only song we really had from her you know on the on the major label side and that had been around you know for a couple of months people were kind of wondering what's up what's next now in the past you know 6 weeks 8 weeks we've seen her come out with with so many different things she's been on motorsport she's been on uh g No Limit she's been on the, the song with Ozuna she's been her own single Bardi A Cardi now we see her on Finesse with Bruno Mars do you think is there is there such even a possibility or a chance of too much Cardi B at once? Or is she just like so right hot now. that that she can have, we need we need six more songs from her. I mean, just keep them coming. I think that um, 
I think right now she's hot. So, you know, I'm in Drake land, for example. You know, Drake considers Houston a second home. And when he was up and coming in the business, he was here a lot and, and building his brand is in, in this marketplace and spending a lot of time here in Houston. So hence all of the Houston references in his music. And so, you know, there was one time or another where most of the power category at KDXX 97.9 The Box were mostly Drake songs. So I think it's, you know, you have your moment when you have your moment. And if you're smart and strategic as an artist, you you have people around you or even yourself, you have a sense of self and knowing when you may need to pull back a little bit. I would say she's super hot right now. And you got to go for it when you can go for it. I mean, the projects that she's on are good projects. They're good collaborations. Um, you know, she has she's an artist that I love and respect because she has literally put in the work. You can't argue with somebody who's put in the sweat equity. We've seen this play out. I mean, her work ethic has been great. You know, it's been beastie. You know, she wasn't the most perfect person in the room. She wasn't the most perfectly articulate person by everyday standards and, you know, perfectly packaged person in the room. But she had hustle, and she did it the old-fashioned way. The strategy was to go out here and grow the brand from the ground up, and she's done that. So I think for now, it's like, yeah, she is hot. Um, you know, and whether these projects were older or newer, you know, she's out here and taking advantage of all of the opportunities that are being presented to her and she should go for it. And I think if the projects start to sound redundant, that's when it could be a little sketchy. But I think Cardi's flavor, her persona is so fun and people are really embracing uh, what's behind that. I think right now, you know, every time you hear her, it's like, oh, that's Cardi. I mean, she's sticking out in a very positive way um, on formats where a lot of times we get a lot of sameness. So I think right now, nah, I think she's going for it, and I don't think there's too much Cardi, and you know, hopefully she has a smart team around her that will guide her and you know, advise her and when to, okay, maybe Cardi is timeless. Right now, let's take a vacation. You know, let's ease up a little bit. For right now, though, hey, go for it. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I know a lot of people with, with – you know, a lot of people are wondering, you know, with Bodak Yellow being such a huge hit, can she follow it up? Now we've seen her do it here, there, everywhere. And I know that puts, you know, a lot of people excited to see what kind of album she might have coming up later this year. I think it's just smart choices. I mean, these are really, really smart choices. You see that the choices that she's on are with, you know, artists and projects that are allowing her to cross into, you know, she's not stuck in one format, right? So, you know, Cardi on a Top 40 station is working, just like Cardi on a, a straight hip-hop station is working. You know, some of the choices that are being made here are exposing Cardi to a larger variety of people. And from her past with the love and hip-hop and whatever, you know, stuff with television, you know, I mean, it's TV, true enough, but there's a specific audience for that, right? So with the projects that she's done, she's been able to put her brand in different areas and those are the types of choices that really help an artist where this person is not being just delegated and put into a box literally so I do think there's been smart choices that get this woman into multiple formats in front of multiple audiences even this whole choice with finesse you know the question mark is I mean you know shoot it sounds like a straight new jack swing record the remix so you know should adult urban stations be messing with it? And would you mess with the Cardi B version of not? Well, her her rap style on it, it's true Cardi, but it's so melodic. It's not offensive or abrasive rap style. So I would say, sure, at some point I would expect it's a strong possibility on my adult urban because it's Bruno Mars and he's a monster with hit-making potential. You know, he's created this record with a remix that's going to be immediately familiar to an adult urban audience that is now going to take Cardi B 
onto the adult urban format. There's no way on earth that she came out the gate saying, oh, yeah, I want to be on adult radio. I mean, that wasn't even in the game plan. But so she's on top 40. She's on top. She's on hip hop and now potentially could be exposed in the adult urban world. And that's opening doors you know, for her, you know, the ability to be on these multiple formats is just going to open a lot of doors for her. And if she plays her business plan smart, she's got smart people around her. You know, we're going to see the evolution of Cardi B. I think it has the potential to continue to to take her into major superstar status. Now, if we can just get a remix of Finesse with Bruno Cardi and Chris Stapleton, maybe no telling how, good. I would love how it. big this could be. <laughs> I would love it. All right, so Cardi B moving forward in 2018. Any other, uh, any other acts or, or sounds or trends that you guys are looking up, thinking you know this this could be a big thing coming out of 2018 at all? You know, um, I in general, I think the merits of these interesting collaborations. I, I think that um, you know, for artists being able to make smart choices there. And it's kind of like, you know, extending my brand as an artist by making a smart collaboration with someone else. And we've seen some examples of it in the past, but not really to this level. Um, You know, I'm very interested to see you know, where that's headed. Like we've seen Ed Sheeran recently may have some participate in some interesting collaborations. I mean, I think, I think it's the, the year potentially of the interesting collaborations. And if they're well played, it's, uh, it's really going to bring the world, the musical world together in new and fun ways and would make for some great, at least award show performances, you know, if not interesting pop-ups on live concerts where you're seeing artists you never get, you know, expected to see pop out on a song. So that I think I would say, is interesting collaborations. That's what I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, I think that's a great point. We were actually uh, talking about this internally. One of our editors said how, uh, you know, it could be at least partly that uh, hip hop is now so big and collaboration has always been such a part of hip hop that maybe other genres are seeing uh, that that's working. And, you know, we're seeing uh, BB Rexa and Florida Georgia Line have a number one hit at country. We're seeing uh, yeah, just so many different formats. It, it, it's uh, joking about Chris Stapleton, but it almost wouldn't be surprising. It, uh, it really takes a lot to be surprised by any collaboration at this point. I view that more, and I view even in like some of the traditional formats, like country tends to be you know a little bit territorial as a format. But you know, I see even some of that. I mean, there could be potentially on a country station. You know, you have a key hot country artist that's now having a hip hop collaboration, and it's going to work, and it's going to be a hit. And, um, you know, and it just opens doors. I love it. I think music is the great equalizer. When we talk about, you know, inequality and, you know, different social issues, I think there's a common denominator when it comes to music because a song can bring people together that you never thought could be in the same room vibing to the same vibe. So, you know, I think music really is the universal language. And with all the chaos that's going on in the world politically and socially, I think there's a lot of opportunity for music to lead the way. Well, I'm going to have to give a shout out to Houston's finest. We saw in just the past six months, I mean, Beyonce turning from Mijente to, to collaborating with Eminem. And now we see her on Ed Sheeran. I mean, all three, you know, way different lanes, but all three lanes where you're like Beyonce. Yeah, she fits right there with all of them. Totally brilliant. I think it's a brilliant strategy for her because, you know, Beyonce is a superstar artist. Now, when you talk about can an artist 
you know, can it be a lot? Well, I mean, she's a superstar. She's earned every right to be a superstar. You know, her husband, you know, is very smart the way her project rolled out, her husband's project, the way that all sort of rolled out and was a conversation. And now she's made some very, very, very smart collaboration choices. And it has got her into the arena with other artists. And it is showing a different side of Beyonce to different fan bases, which I, I really just think is smart because creatively as an artist, you always want to grow. So it just gives her as an artist a lot of different places to grow to and the reality is is hey it is Beyonce so you know these artists and and that come from different areas you know like Ed Sheeran I could see he'd be super stoked yeah yeah let's do something with Beyonce I mean I think that's great and I think you know for her as an artist um, not having to be, you know, it, it's not the Beyonce song, it's Eminem featuring Beyonce, you know, where she's uh, comfortable enough in who she is as an artist to be able to be the accent piece on a record, I think is amazing. And I just really think that it's smart. And I think it allows her the ability to expand her brand because, you know, really after the last project, you know, you just kind of get curious. It's like, now what? Now where are we going to go? And I think some of these smart collaboration choices, I think we could be in line for some very interesting next. Beyonce project that could be a departure from what anybody else is expecting. All right. All great points. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Terry Thomas, DJ Riddler from KROI. Uh, appreciate it. We, again, got our, we got our own little collaboration going on right here. That's right. The four of us here on a collaboration. <laughs> All right, guys. Teamwork. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for coming back on. All right. Thank you. Thank so you, much. guys. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And for those who tuned into our last episode of 2017, we ended with a nice Hot 100 countdown to wrap 2017. To kick off 2018, we're going to start with a, let's call it a count back, perhaps? 18 of our favorite number 18 hits on the Hot 100. All right, so we're going to count back. And we're going to count through 18 songs that hit number 18 exactly on the Hot 100, and that is our little chart way of welcoming everybody to 2018. Right. I, 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 years past, I've, I've done this as a column on Billboard.com. I thought it'd be kind of fun to actually hear the songs and talk about them. All right, so I think we got the premise, right? So we're going to look at 18 songs that hit number 18 
on the Hot 100 over the years. The Hot 100 started uh, back in 1958, and uh, yeah, there's songs from uh, Chuck Berry and Elvis, uh, some really early stuff, but we figured we'd uh, go a little bit more uh, in, into recent decades and recent years, uh, some songs that, that really are relevant in many ways to what's going on now. So uh, kick us off, Trevor. What year are we going back to for our first number 18 hit? Uh, we are going to take it right back to 1980 uh, with a medley to a mega popular film franchise that is still selling out theaters and, you know, got nerds excited very much to this day. We're talking about the one, the only Star Wars. And in 1980, the Empire Strikes Back medley was a number 18 hit right here on the Hot 100. said uh star wars nerds are you including yourself in that because if you're not then you're just insulting everybody i am not i i i'm not what what, what, is, what is what are star wars fans called are they lightsaber lights lightsabies i've never i've never been a star wars jetties i don't know i think people take i think you know the nerds take sort of pride back in that in that word am i wrong you better, you better hope you're right. I'm, they're gonna find me. Oh God! Uh, no, it, just kind of funny that uh, it, it, this was so huge uh, pop culture wise, late seventies with Star Wars, and then Empire Strikes Back, and now here we are in in 2018, and in some ways the franchise is bigger than ever. Maybe in a social media era, we it, it just it's it, not only a new life, but maybe a bigger life than ever before. Yeah, I mean, people certainly, as we see, you know, lining up for tickets. Days, some maybe even sometimes weeks in advance. I mean, they, the movies sell out across the, the board. We saw, you know, the response that the world had when when Carrie Fisher passed away uh, a little over a year ago, and how important she was to that legacy. And so, yeah, I mean, this is one of those those film franchises that, like you said, I mean, it's been going on for almost yeah, a little over forty years, and. You know, it's one of those things that I, that generations love. I mean, I know you know parents who pass it on to their kids, and they all go as a family to see it. This is really one of the most enduring film projects and legacies of all time. And that shows that a number 18 hit. It don't always have to be a number one hit to, to be uh, remembered uh, so well. All right, uh, let's move forward uh, in the 80s. Uh, 1985, a superstar collaboration. We're talking about uh, uh, Bruno Mars and Cardi B. Same premise going back uh, decades of putting big names together for a hit. Eurythmics, Aretha Franklin, sisters are doing it for themselves. And one of the big things about this, too, Aretha Franklin, of course, had been around for 20 years at this point, having huge hits and reinvents herself in the 1980s by teaming up with a lot of contemporary icons. What we saw, Eurythmics, obviously right here. In a couple of years, she'll team up with George Michael, have a number one hit uh, when they get together. Um, she'll, two years later, do a duet with Whitney Houston, you know, who obviously was still um, a, a pretty fresh face. Uh, by 1989 so that's a great tactic that that some of these artists are are using teaming up with some of these uh new pop stars new audiences new fan bases new genres i mean rhythmics aretha franklin not really close to the same boat but uh i mean here we are getting a solid top 20 hit out of it 
for, for all these duets that she was doing, had to be daunting to sing with Aretha Franklin. And, and Annie Lennox certainly holds her own, but that, it's going to be uh, the, the night before you're probably uh, probably a little nervous. You, I would think so. I mean, you know, a lot of people would suggest that she's certainly one of the top, if not the top voice, you know, in, in the past half century. So, yeah, it's got to be huge. And, of course, we, we saw kind of this, this song get a, a relife. We saw this song kind of get a little bit of a revival uh, a couple of years ago when they did that five-woman tribute to Aretha Franklin at the Grammy Awards when uh, Christy Aguilera was up there, uh, Jen- Jennifer Hudson was one of the voices, Florence Welch, and the five the five singers together sang this tune. So nice that it got a, a nice shout-out in Aretha's catalog. And, of course, you know, I mean, the message is, is pretty important today as well. All right, skipping ahead uh, five years to 1990, another uh, kind of superstar collaboration known as a producer primarily but lead artist on this one quincy jones featuring there's a couple of featured acts you have to bring in there's ray charles shaka khan just just yes. must, be, must be nice to have those kind of in your rolodex Uh, you know, Quincy Jones, kind of the big thing about this, back in 1990, having his uh, t- having really time for his own album. He had last been on the Hot 100 in 1982. Um, people will know that in particular, he was a little busy between 82 and 90, producing a lot of the hit albums with Michael Jackson, Off the Wall in 79, Thriller in 82, Bad in 87. After Bad, Michael Quincy split up. So Quincy now has the time to do his own album, Back on the Block, uh, which is going to win the Grammy for Album of the Year. This song will be on there as well, win a Grammy as well. And just listen to the the quick runoff of some of these people who Quincy Jones was able to get on one record. I mean, it is outstanding. We're talking, in addition to Ray Charles and Shaka Khan, we've got Ella Fitzgerald is on this album, Miles Davis, Ice-T, Big Daddy Kane, Sarah Vaughn, Luther Vandross, Dionne Warwick. Barry White, who we'll hear from a little bit later, uh, even contemporaries, James Ingram, Al Jarreau, even a 12-year-old Tevin Campbell. Yeah. So we're talking, I mean, if you can go between Ella Fitzgerald and Tevin Campbell, I mean, that is, I mean, your musical legacy is just momentous. I think uh, Michael Jackson had uh, uh, kept Quincy Jones's Rolodex ransom, he held it through the 80s to work on his own albums, and then said, fine, here, you can have it back. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't wait to, to contact everybody he knew at that point. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe Michael just, you know, just turned his back a little too long one second. But I mean, of course, just, you know, how how amazing to have just such a massive legacy as a producer. And then, you know, as your own your own charting artist. And uh, for Ray Charles, it would wind up being his uh, his 81st and the last uh, 100 hit. But his first top 40 hit uh, in in about 19 years. So it's a nice comeback for, uh, for Ray Charles as well. Yeah. Going ahead to 1994 and our look at 18, number 18 hits for 2018. We're up to uh, our, I think it's our fourth uh, song, uh, Pizza Number 18 on the Hot 100. Uh, Huge hit that again uh, shows how uh, all things come back around. Uh, 1994, uh, Circle of Life 
Elton John from The Lion King, and here we are now in 2018. We're talking about The Lion King. No matter what we say, we wind up talking about Beyonce. That's it. Yeah, next year, Beyonce taking on the voice of Nala uh, with with really just an all-star cast uh, of, of who's who's going to do the live-action film. Um, be interesting to see what happens with the music. We're not, we're not sure yet, but, I mean, Elton John, you know, really helped helm a classic soundtrack back in 1994 between this can you feel the love tonight i mean just so such such a such a well-received disney soundtrack such a massive film and i mean for circle of life you know which is i mean you know i mean it's it's there's no way it's not a soundtrack song so for it to you know carve through to the top 20 in a time where you know a lot of it is is r&b ballads and the rock scene he's also making you know a huge move in sort of the post grunge waves but it's kind of you know I mean, African-based chant, you know, right. sort of come together song to be a top 20 hit that just shows the power of the movie, how much people really loved that. And I mean, Elton John's skill at, at you know, taking on a hit. So I uh, think now, actually, we, we could almost, uh, we were talking about predictions here. We could predict maybe, uh, if she winds up covering it, maybe a, maybe a song of the summer candidate for 2019, maybe Beyonce's version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Beyonce's, that could be. I mean, I guess if she and Donald Glover, who will be doing the voice of Simba, you know, maybe there's there's some room there for that. All right, let's uh, stay in 1994. Another another legend, uh, another comeback. It's been a while since he'd had a big hit, but that voice, we all know the voice, Barry White. Yes, Barry White. Um, kind of as we mentioned with Louise Franklin, I mean, Barry had been around for more than 20 years at this point um, and always been in this that R&B lane. And this one, uh, you know, stays kind of right at home. But there's something just, I think something, something so so catchy about the melody. I mean, you know, it's, you know, telling me this, telling me that. Yeah, a little sing-songy in yeah, some ways. That I think that really gets stuck in people's head. And, you know, I mean, at this point, you know, there's so much R&B um, dominating the charts at this time that i think some of these these older acts who get referenced and acknowledged and appreciated by the younger generation helping out as well barry white's a huge beneficiary of that also r&b was a huge fan of it was a number one hit on our hot r&b hip-hop songs chart at the time so i mean to be like we said 20 plus years in your career and still charting r&b number ones you're an all-star all right going from uh, an act barry white uh, practice what you preach uh, number 18 hit in 1994, number 18 hit in 1997, uh, an act, a totally a different part of their career. Uh, they had uh, broken through in 1997 with three uh, top five hits, including the number one wannabe. Barry, we, t- we had Elton before, Quincy Jones, Ray right. Charles, Shaka Khan. I mean, let's get all these old people out of here. Let's bring in some new life. You're saying we should uh, spice up our life? Is that what you're saying? Spice up our life. The Spice Girls, I mean, you know, this is this is really there's, there's a great divide, I guess, between sort of the, the the older artists we talked about in the top of the early '90s and this 1997 teen pop explosion. 
Uh, Spice Girls had already been hit makers with the song Wannabe, which was a number one hit on the Hot 100. And uh, Spice Up Your Life is just kind of falls in that same vein. I mean, it's a, that, that the chant was always kind of fun and the um, ah, and like, you know, get to get to sing it. It was like a huge hit. I, I remember in a lot of you know school dances or in gym class or whatnot. I mean, kids were really, really feeling Spice Girl songs. This was almost uh, this was like, like their brand in a song at this point. If they've got the word Spice and they were the Spice Girls, it, it was almost not even so much a song, but just sort of uh, all things Spice Girls. At that point, they'd become so huge in 1997 to have a song that sort of named after them at that point just kind of showed that everyone kind of knew what they were about, the whole girl power uh, movement. So it was, well, not, it not was a branding even, opportunity. I mean, it was, really. of course, girl power, but you know, I mean, the lyrics say, you know, every boy and every girl. I mean, this right. is a, you know, everybody just, 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 Improve your life. Just spice it up a little bit. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about uh, Beyonce. If if I don't know if the Carters listen to the podcast, but but uh, I'm sure this is a mandatory Thursday yeah, listening. Jay Z might be getting a little jealous. Should we mention a Jay Z hit? Uh, we, of course, we're going to mention Jay Z and a classic number eighteen hit. Uh, one of the standouts of Jay Z's catalog, "Big Pimpin'" with UGK. Of course, we're going to mention Jay-Z standout in his catalog. Number 18 hit uh, in 2000, Big Pimpin', which if I feel like if you you don't know a whole lot of Jay-Z songs and you may not even know a lot of the hooks very well. I feel like Big Pimpin', though, is one of the standout hooks that everybody knows, at least Jay-Z's part, because it's it kind of has that, that melodic-ish kind of flow to it. It's got, it's got a good bounce. The lyrics, are not, they're not complicated lyrics. It's just, you know, Big Pimpin', Spending G's, would be Big Pimpin' on BLADs. And I just feel like, you know, if you again, if you get lost in the verses, that helps you out. It's a Timbaland-produced song, so you know it's going to have a good beat behind it. And this is one of those songs where, you know, in, in the early part of a lot of, a good number of rappers' careers, maybe not having a huge pop success, probably a little more well-known for the albums and some of the album cuts. This is starting to get Jay-Z a little more friendly to the pop audience, pop radio getting a little more receptive. Of course, when he teams up with Beyonce and, you know, Rihanna and a few other huge pop stars in the couple in the coming decade that helps him out as well but i think this is definitely a big moment in his catalog and certainly uh one of his favorite songs that he's recorded if we know all right switching from uh, from hip-hop i've been talking about a lot of pop and hip-hop let's go uh, a little bit in the rock direction uh go ahead to 2003 a number 18 hit uh this artist had broken through with no such thing got to number 13 but I feel like in some ways maybe this is uh, better remembered at this point just for just for the title alone but but just uh it's, it's still a lasting hit john mayer your body's in wonderland yeah you, this is what from the room from squares album yeah this is bound to be your body is a wonderland your body is a wonderland Yeah, 
second single kind of cemented that he wasn't just going to be a, a one-hit wonder. And, you know, the song is just uh, lyrically, uh, there's a lot more going on. Uh, no such thing is sort of autobiographical. This is an all-love song, which is just not always going to be a little more juicy. And this is definitely a, a big moment in his career. This song wins him his first Grammy Award. He wins it for Best Male Pop uh, Vocal Performance. In the 40-plus years that the Best Male Pop Vocal Performance Grammy Award was given, John Mayer is tied for first place with Sting and Stevie Wonder. Ah. So I don't think any, I mean, it's only won his first one, you know, in 2003, and the category was finished in 2011. So just goes to show how much of a critical favorite he is. And, uh, you know, I mean, anytime you can have a record with Stevie Wonder, that's, that's a huge deal. Uh, talking about an act who was new in the early 2000s, uh, so was this act. This was their very first hit, Maroon 5, 2003, a number 18 hit, Harder to Breathe. So obviously, uh, totally different sound than that what we'd expect from Maroon Five. Now they started. They started as a rock band. I was working in AC Radio at the time. It was, it was a real stretch for for us to play. We didn't get into them until uh, this love. And she it was will the be very loved. next single. <laughs> yeah, the, the next uh, pretty quickly. But uh, you know they've had nineteen. This was their first of nineteen top forty hits on the Hot One Hundred, getting to number eighteen. Uh, they had seven top forty hits in the two thousands. They've had twelve in the two thousand tens. So they've uh, almost. Uh, doubled their top 40 output. It's I mean, only 2018. We still have two uh, full years uh, left of the decade. Uh, they've just, uh, ever since they went pop uh, with uh, Misery and then I guess really with Moves Like Jagger, they've kind of found that that's their sound and it just, it's worked almost with every single single uh, they've put out since then. Okay, moving forward, a couple years, 2006. We were talking now about you the, know yeah. this, this is the most 2006 thing it, you can bring up because people are not even going to remember that this person had a recording career. I was going to say, we're talking about the, the year of unexpected uh, collaborations, but unexpected hits. This, well, in some ways it was unexpected. In some ways this was, I'm going to capitalize. This is my moment. Let's see if I can have a pop hit too. Parasol. Yeah, that's that's hot. Yeah, she was she, she saw that it was she was she, Paris Hilton. Of course, has to be on the Hot 100. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was you know the Simple Life was, was a huge thing. Her and Nicole Richie, that reality show, and you know we've seen plenty of times where where, where movie stars, film stars, you know, try to cross over into becoming music stars. And I mean, right there, Paris Hilton literally has a top 20 hit to her credit. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, will ridicule that, and you know, it's just sort of a side product that you you know flopped on or whatnot but a top 20 hit i mean good song that is you know that's hard to come by it's a number one dance club songs hit too it's just just a fun song i think yeah anyone can put out a song but it actually had to be pretty decent for to become a top 20 hit and and it did it it kind of it's fun to hear it now because it's it's kind of forgotten for the uh the the newly engaged paris hilton will they get married at the hilton get a good deal 
<laughs> yeah. save, save on that reception. Uh, she knows the owner. The family discount. The friends and family. You got it. Uh, so a couple of years later, 2008, uh, comeback. At the time, you kind of think now that uh, she's always uh, always been huge, but there was uh, there were a couple of years where uh, things were not uh, uh, absolutely automatic for Britney Spears at Pop Radio, but uh, the Blackout album, 2007, gave her uh, the number three hit, Give Me More, and then Piece of Me was the follow-up, got to number 18. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing about Give Me More, you know, massive hit. I think bigger than people kind of remembered at the time, as we remember this is Britney's struggle year. Uh, but people remember that VMA's performance probably more than any sort of thing about Gimme More. That wasn't, you know, not a very great one for for her. She did not, you know, she wasn't uh, at her best performance then. I think it's kind of interesting then that that next single, Piece of Me, the very next year of the VMAs, 2008, she wins Video of the Year for Piece of Me. So, you know, kind of in that one-year flip, Britney Spears got it all together, turned it around. By the end of 2008, she'll have another number one hit with Womanizer to her credit. So really, I mean, this was a, a huge stretch, both, you know, for some people who have seen the lowest of Britney, but to turn it around within the next six months and be right back on top of her game. I mean, you cannot doubt Britney Spears. All right, in 2008, one of the biggest names in music, Usher, coming back with Love in the Club, which was the his first single since the Massive Confessions album he had four years earlier. Right. Now, Love in this Club, I'm sure some Usher fans are saying, well, that was a number one hit. Why is it on this countdown? Because there was actually a part two version that had Beyonce and Lil Wayne. Part two. I mean, that was a massive year for all of them. Love in this club, like I said, number one hit. And Beyonce has been affiliated with some of these part two remixes before. Five years before, she had been on a, on a part two remix kind of version of In the Club by 50 Cent that I know was at least played on Houston radio, maybe a little biased, but kind of fun that, that some of these redos uh, Beyonce is always there for. And then in 2017, we see her jump on a lot of remixes, the Mi Gente remix, this Ed Sheeran remix with Perfect. So Beyonce knows, you know, Beyonce's smart. She knows just when to jump on a song that's hot, give it her own little touch, and bam, there's a hit. All right, uh, 12 down, uh, six more. Uh, looking at number 18 hits uh, on the Hot 100. 18, number 18 hits, because it's 2018. Uh, so uh, let's uh, keep in the 2000s, do one more uh, from the 2000s. Uh, this is, uh, we've seen so many different sides musically of Miley Cyrus, and this this is maybe uh, the, the most, the, the absolute most Hannah Montana uh, sound that Miley uh, ever did. Hold down, throw down. Do 
So uh, the song, number 18 hit in 2009 from Hannah Montana, the movie. The director, he, he said he wasn't even trying to hide it. He said he was trying to create a, a Macarena-type song for Miley Cyrus, a, a song and dance that could just that completely uh, take off culturally like that. I'm not sure the song ever ever did it. A little, a little too, uh, maybe a little too goofy for, for radio at the time, maybe a little young-sounding. But uh, Little was, did we know that Wrecking Ball was going to be the yeah. three years of just are just four short years away was going to was going to break the internet but uh it's also a way in some ways too is sort of the second generation uh, her dad uh billy ray achy breaky heart this was kind of her her achy breaky uh line dance uh, kind of song as well achy breaky hold down throw down all right uh, moving on to 2010 uh i'm gonna go out and say this is the most iconic song in pink's catalog Glitter in the Air, number 18 hit in 2010. Uh, not necessarily because maybe people you know, don't, don't know the song as well as they know some of our other hits, but this song has really like sustained Pink's live performance arc all the way till today. I mean, now, this was the first time we saw her in the Grammy Awards and she performed this song, uh, do the acrobatic you know, flips in the air and, and, and do the aerial performance as she was singing the song. Uh, we've seen her you know, do variations of that several times, even last year in 2017. Uh, the American Music Awards. She upped the ante by performing on the side of the hotel building. Right, right. But I mean that, you know, this this song and that performance really opened up that can. And even though she, you know, has kind of done variations of it a couple times, I'm still always amazed, you know. And people are always really impressed. They pointed out how great a singer you have to be that you can sing live, hit those notes, and be, you know, suspended in the air, hundreds of feet twirling around, you know probably heart beating so fast and still pull it off every time yeah either of those two talents uh, on their own would be amazing to be able to sing like she can sing and to be able to do uh, acrobatics like that you combine them that's that's superhuman yeah and yeah we'd never we'd never seen that uh, on that kind of level she'd been she'd been doing the, those kind of moves on tour but uh, this was kind of the breakout moment and after she did that on the grammys in 2010 the song debuted at number 18 on the hot 100 oh, no, no. Speaking of Grammy Awards, an artist who has been no stranger to some controversy with them, 2011, number 18 hit coming from Kanye West with the song All the Lights, which, I mean, also, you know, it's officially here credited to Kanye West, but the featured bill of who's on that song is is a pretty good who's who as well. I mean, you've got Fergie on there, you've got Elton John, you've got Rihanna um, and several other artists. So like Quincy Jones, Kanye has a pretty full Rolodex of people he can call on. You know what I remember about this song? It's just sort of random. But in 2011, when the song was out, I, I was uh, invited to speak at uh, 
Berkeley College in not in Boston in in, uh, in in White Plains, New York. I had all these notes uh, prepared about how the charts uh, work and everything, and it it just turned into a whole discussion about this song. Somehow this came up, and everyone in the class just wanted to be talking about all the lights and the different people on it. I just remember thinking how huge uh, the, the song actually. I actually learned uh, the phrase "swagger on point" during this class. I'm sorry, you learned what? Swagger on point. Gary Swag. Gary Swagger on point. So, some other guest who was so much better than I was speaking said, "Oh, his, his swagger's on point." I, I, I went to school. I learned something. <laughs> All thanks to Kanye West. And I swear we did not do this on purpose, but of course it seems like Kanye West must always be linked with Taylor Swift, who is our next uh, number eighteen highlight. At least this, at least this time she's coming in after. She's she's after, yeah, yeah. Now Taylor interrupts Kanye with uh, a good old number eighteen hit out of two thousand and fourteen, "Out of the Woods." So the song at number eighteen. Right around the time the 1989 album had come out, it was actually released as a preview track right before the album's debut, uh, while Shake It Off was still the official single and a, and a huge hit. Out of the Woods would actually later become an official 1989 single, but it'd be the sixth single in 2015, going into 2016. Uh, so at, its, you know, at the time, though, when it first debuted and hit number 18, you know, Taylor Fever was everywhere. We were all waiting for the album, Shake It Off. Like I mentioned, it had been this massive hit, you know, just everywhere. And so there was, n- you could not satisfy the Taylor appetite. And so this song, you know, uh, another testament to that, just just how, just that, not even being an official radio single, but just, you know, hey, here's a song. I just want to put it out. I like it. Sales and streams are that huge. Um, it's Taylor, you know, written with Jack Antonoff, who we know they have a very strong collaboration and a good friendship there. And it's just that magic again. And it kind of shows too, how uh, difficult it can be to keep an album going uh, more than a year after it's been out. Cause it, it, once it became an official single, it, it actually never went back into the top 40 on the hot 100 new, new romantics. Didn't either. It seemed like five, it was just kind of the limit for the hits from the album. Yeah. After wildest dreams. And I think kind of with, with the climax of, of winning album of the year at the Grammy awards in, in the top of February, 2016 seemed like that was kind of, kind of the bow on that for, for whatever reason and, and just shows too again how something like a uh, perfect ed sheeran uh you freshen things up by putting beyonce on there uh, uh bruno and, and cardi b on finesse that's well again, and, that's why you do that and even taylor i mean you know she got kendrick lamar to help out with bad blood right i mean who knows if that would have had the same kind of shelf life i mean it was a number one hit you know had they not remixed it and it was actually a uh, taylor's third uh, number 18 uh, hit she had two other interesting collaborations back in uh, 2010 uh, boys like girls featuring taylor with uh, two is better than one and then uh, bob featuring taylor uh, for both of us in, in 2012 so this is when she was still she was still a country artist starting to, to transition to pop a little bit but she she collaborated she, she did a crossroads episode on cmt with def leppard so uh, taylor really has been doing collaborations pretty much uh, since she, since she started Yeah, cause maybe then you'd want me just as 
Another collaboration that we saw Taylor Swift do last year, 2017, was when she wrote the song Better Man for country group Little Big Town, who, yes, look at that, is going to be our penultimate number 18 hit on this 18, number 18 hits, count back for 2018. Say that again. Who, 18, okay. number eight, yeah, yeah. well, you, you, you got the point. Uh, but this Little Big Town song is going to be the song Girl Crush, which uh, was a massive hit on the Hot Country Songs chart, number one for double-digit weeks. Uh, song hits number 18 on the Hot 100, so a good pop crossover there as well. And you know, a little bit of the song—I mean, some of the, some of the the hot, the some of the attention and some of the the buzz around the single came because it was actually a somewhat controversial single, just based on the lyrics. Um, the lyrics detail uh, a woman you know, sort of fantasizing about being this other woman because she wants this the, the, this guy who's right. in love with that woman to love her. But some people, you know, read into it as, as, as a bit of lesbianism and thinking it was, you know, you, you, she has a crush on a girl. What's going on? And I remember some, some people just, you know, taking that way out of proportion just made no sense. Yeah, the, the song was number one for 13 weeks uh, on Hot Country Songs, which blends airplay, sales, and streaming. So it's a huge uh, sales and streaming hit. And it's actually uh, a record in, in the country charts uh, entire history, which goes back to 1958. Uh, most time at number one for uh, by, song by a group. Uh, of at least three members, so historic hit. But uh, airplay-wise, stopped at number three, as you were saying. I think there was a little bit of conservatism at radio that uh, the lyrics uh, could be considered a little too, a little too close for comfort. Uh, so we're talking with Taylor. We're talking about these collaborations. Uh, but we uh, bring it all, uh, all full circle. We got uh, Kendrick here for our 18th number 18 hit for 2018 with Sia, the greatest. Yeah, a little bit of a two-prong there because this coming on the back end for Sia of one of her biggest hits in years, Cheap Thrills with, with Sean Paul, which had been a number one hit that summer in 2016, uh, this being the follow-up to that officially, so moving out there with, with, with the new track. And for Kendrick, of course, we didn't know it at the time, but when the song hits number 18, the very end of 2016 I mean, springboarding into the massive 2017 he had, you know, his next album coming out just a few months later. We saw how big Damn was up for so many Grammys, the number one album of the year on the Billboard 200 with Humble coming just a few months later as well and how big that song was. So kind of a nice little, it's like like a little meet, a nice little meeting, you know, maybe, maybe this is where like Sia kind of passed the number one baton to Kendrick and, you know, set a run with this and he did. And uh, Sia uh, coming off a, a big holiday a hit she just had, uh, number one a, a adult contemporary hit with uh, Santa's Coming for Us. A really fun video in that too. Kristen Bell, uh, so many, Henry Winkler, so many people. Uh, fun video, a number one hit. So uh, Sia with her holiday album. There you go. Uh, 18, number 18, Hot 100 hits for 2018. All right. Uh, we've got more uh, podcasts coming up here in 2018. We have a Grammy uh, preview coming up with Paul Grine, who originated the Chartbeat uh, column. 
in Billboard back in 1981. Huge, huge Grammy fan. So that's uh, going to be coming up before the Grammy Awards. We've got uh, Hit Songs Deconstructed coming back with uh, more uh, analysis of, of lyrics and, and production that they've been on the podcast before. Um, lots more coming up. And each week, just looking again at what's on the Hot 100, on other charts, and digging into uh, all, all the ins and outs, some of the business uh, angles of why some of these songs uh, become hits. So uh, we'll keep doing this throughout the year. And as we mentioned, be sure to tune back in next week. We are going to see where this race for number one shakes out. If Ed Sheeran and Beyonce can fend off the competition uh, that's coming on multiple fronts, whether it be from Havana, from Justin Timberlake and his song Filthy, or Bruno and Cardi are looking to be the next king and queen. So a lot lot of action going on at the top of the year. Great way to start things off. So be sure to tune in next week and see where it all shakes out. All right. And uh, let's uh, wrap with... uh... How about uh, the most number 18 hit uh, possible? It wasn't, it wasn't a number 18 Hot 100 hit, but it's called 18. One Direction. Oh, look Does at that. more 18 well, than that? A- a- apropos, how about kicking? We see Ed Sheeran at number one. We're going to close off with a song written by the one and the only Ed yeah. Sheeran as well. So 18 and bringing it all together for us. Long before we both thought the same thing. To be loved and to be loved And all I could do Was say that these arms Were made for holding you And I want to love Like you made me feel When we were 18 I want to love Like you made me feel When we were 18 I want to love Like you made me feel When we were 18 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 